Welcome to the VoiceOver Insider free podcast, a service, of course, of Julie Williams' free VoiceOver Insider. For industry news, tips, and information, be sure to subscribe at www.voiceoverinsider.com. I'm Paul O'Connor, here to introduce our host, Julie Williams. What's coming up on the podcast today? We're talking to Liz Atherton, Paul, of the Atherton Group Talent Agency, or also known as Tag Talent. Liz, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. You know, I can see by your posts on Facebook that you're an animal lover, a woman after my own heart. (laughs) I do. I've had a lot more animals than I do now, but I'm down to two dogs, a cat, a ton of fish, and the random birds and whatnot that hang out in the yard. It's pretty lovely. (laughs) Fish and cats. I'm not really sure those go together very well. (laughs) Well, they're protected by an aquarium wall. It's all good. Okay, good. Well, tell us a little bit about what the Atherton Group does. Are you a full-service talent agency or voiceover specific? No, we are a full-service agency, but we're boutique. We represent actors for movies and film, and we represent voices for the same. Uh, We've been doing this for, gosh, over 20 years, maybe 25 Started the business a long time ago with a partner. She has since moved on to do other things. And I am here with a bunch of good people still on the team uh, and at the helm. What requirements do you have for representation of voiceover talent? I know a lot of our listeners are, are wanting to know that. And we've got everything from, you know, the top uh, New York and L.A. talent um, listening to this to the person who's thinking, I've always been told I have a good voice. Well, then I'm probably representing some of the people that are listening, which is pretty awesome. For representation with the agency, we're actually getting to a point where we like to have people come in through referrals, through people that we already represent, our clients that we uh, service or something like that. We ask people to send us an email to office at tagtalent.com and along with demos or a link to demos. But then we're also adding a request that people, we send them some raw copy and ask them to quote unquote audition for us at the same time. Mm -hmm. I have found that oftentimes people send these beautiful demos that are all prepared and gorgeous and sound lovely to the ear. And then you start listening to the stuff they send in for regular auditions and they sound like apples and oranges. Yeah. We want to know kind of what we're getting. And, you know, I represent people from all over the world, so I can't necessarily sit with them in an office for a while. And, and vet them through. So we listen, we send them copy, just like we would send somebody copy for an audition, have them send it back. We, if we need to redirect, we'll redirect. And then we see, hmm, okay, we've gotten the opportunity to work with that person in a very small capacity as a producer might. We can see what we're going to get, the audition quality, because honestly, it's all in audition quality on whether or not you're going to book the gig. And then we get it to hear this person, um, you know, like I said, just raw. What, what is their voice really like? So you're looking for quality of the studio and delivery that you're going to get when uh, they send in an audition or they get booked for a job. Yes, indeed. And primarily, we only represent people that have their own studios and they must be good studios. And the reason so far this year, Julie, we have sent out over 1500 auditions mm. we've actually i mean and it may be more than that these are roles that we have an opportunity to book it, we've been accused of being which is kind of interesting a a, a clearing house and we're not a, we're we literally get invited to participate in those auditions and i compliment the people that we currently rep for those broad opportunities uh, but we get invited to participate we send out the auditions we do handpick on occasion but we kind of rely on our actors we we'll say look this audition we give them a short set at the top this audition is for xyz they're looking for a female 
30 to 40. If you meet the specs, awesome. If you don't meet the specs, feel free to just let it go. We don't require that they reach in and let us know that they are or are not going to participate. That would just become an email nightmare. Uh, we do get asked our feedback on occasion from our specific actors and we give it, but we try to listen to each and every audition that comes through and you know, we try to package it in such a way because when that audition is opened up on the other end by the producer or the casting director or whoever it is that's looking to hire a talent, we want them to feel like they are getting a class act from TAG. Do you ever choose or, or are you ever told to select 10 talents or something like that that you have the, think have the best chance of landing the gig? Every day. Okay, so how do you choose? Is, if someone is marketing themselves to you and you know them well as opposed to maybe some of your other talent that aren't connecting with you, do they have a better chance of being among the, the top selected? No, we sit there and we listen to every one of them. You know, everybody has a good day, everybody has a bad day. Uh, we always sneak in a few more than they ask for. Sometimes we sneak in more than a few. I, I seek forgiveness as opposed to permission from the producers. Don't tell anybody. Okay, but, <laughs> <laughs> just thousands, but aside from that. That's our secret. But we listen to every one of them and we listen to them with, the, with our eye on the specs, our eye on the breakdown. And it's not just me, there's three of us that go through and listen to these. Okay, so what you're doing is you're listening to the auditions that you sent out to, say, every female or something, and choosing the top however many plus to submit based on what you feel about their auditions, if it's a good day or a bad day for them, how well they fit the part, etc. Yes, but understand that when people say only submit your top 10, that is probably more of a cattle call than it is someone specifically looking for this agency and maybe one or two or three other agencies. Uh -huh. Typically, and, and this is my understanding of why people are doing that. If you're going through a program like Voice Bank, Voice Bank is charging that producer for every audition, for a, a bandwidth of say 300 megabytes or 600, whatever. And if that producer starts receiving thousands of auditions, they're going to pop that number real quick. Oh. Once they pop that number, then they have to start paying for it. So if they're sending out a wide net, then they don't want that wide net to make them, you know, break the budget with just listening to auditions. So they're trying to say, okay, I want to spread a wide net and I want this wide net to only bring in the top, you know, the creme de la creme from each of these agencies. And that is my understanding as to why that, that, I mean, I'm sure people will argue with me that there's other reasons and fair enough. But working with VoiceBank, then, the agents don't just go and look for a posting of auditions, like maybe on a pay-to-play. They're actually invited to each one? Yes. We, TAG, get invited for every audition we send out. We do okay. not go seek it out. Is there any advice you can give about audition submissions, for example, slate or not to slate? And if you do at the beginning or the end, or how do you like it with your talent? Um, that's my secret weapon. So I kind of like to keep that close, but I think... Sometimes within the audition, the producer is looking for a specific way. Um, I mean, just a little tidbit that might help you. Imagine you're the producer sitting in a, a booth with your ear net, earphones on listening to, I say, say, 150 people say, oh, yes, it's real. I mean, that's not true copy, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So you've gotten to number 16 and you're over it. You are over it, but you've still got another 144 that you need to listen to, right? Yeah. 
as you're popping along and you're listening to these, wouldn't it be nice if every once in a while, and don't everybody go out and do this every time, otherwise it, it, it becomes ill-effective, but you just, you heard one that says, yeah, I know, I'm number 75, but give me a shot. You know, just something that perks the producer up. Um, as for Slate, keep in mind that your file, your file that is being received by the casting director has your name in it, and it has our name in it. So slating is good, but if you're gonna slate at the beginning, make it a fun slate. You know, hi, I'm Liz Atherton with TAG. I don't need you to advertise me, I'm good. You know, hi, I'm Liz Atherton, or yo, I mean, whatever. I mean, I'm not a voiceover artist, clearly, I just rep them. But if you're gonna slate, make it an interesting slate. I don't know, for me, I, I'm, I'm not a big slate lover, but sometimes they like them to be done. You know, uh, Pat Fraley had an interesting idea for, I usually just submit one take and it, that's not what they like unless it's unless my take is very different from their instructions and then I'll do too. Um, but for the most part, I feel it, I do it. And if I'm not right for the job, I'm really not right for the job. And let it go. Yes, exactly. I mean, uh, Bo Weaver told me one time, you know, you do the job or you do the audition and, and then you don't think about it. And when the check comes in, it's a present from the postman. Absolutely. That is the best advice ever. It's mailbox money. We all love it. We right. all love mailbox money. And Pat Fraley has said that if you have two ways to do an audition to make sure they get heard, you could say, uh, and especially if you're going to start with your way that you think is best and then go on to their instruction way, you say, you know, hi, this is Pat Fraley. Couple of ways I think we can go with this. Here's the first. And then you do your take and then you do the second take. And it kind of lets them know that there's two different kind of takes coming up. How do you feel about that? Or do you just choose one to submit? No, I have people submit two takes in two different files. You do that every time? Yes, okay. unless the producer has suggested otherwise. I mean, one of our gals just booked a lovely $4,000 job. And in the world of VO, $4,000 is a nice job. It is. And they, had I not submitted her second take as a separate file, chances are they would not have heard it. Wow. But I submit them as separate files. Again, I'm not usually restricted to my top 10. Mm -hmm. Okay. And again, that is when they're, in my opinion, they're casting a really wide net. Um, so I, and, and I also tell my folks, look, if you're going to submit two takes, make them really different. You know, hello, my name is Liz. Hello, my name is Liz. It's just not really different. Yeah. You know, hello, my name is Liz or la 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 Liz. Those are two different things. Um, if you're just kind of changing the inflection on a word here and there, so give me something really different. And this, in this particular one I'm talking about, in the second one, the girl added an accent and that accent won. So boom. We're gonna find out how Liz likes to be approached by talents to tag talent right after this message. All right, we'll be right back after this short message. Julie Williams has been a voiceover coach for decades and has helped thousands of talents to launch a VO career, refine their VO performance skills, develop winning demos and marketing plans and market themselves in voiceover. She's taught all levels from beginners to voiceover coaches. But don't take our word for it. Let's hear what some of Julie's actual students have to say. You might think nothing this big is supposed to hop, but kangaroos do it with agility. Six-foot marvels of efficient locomotion. It's summertime in the outback, and the roos can be found where there's food. They look like they're congregating in groups, but it's the food, not the company, that draws them together. Looking at element 10, 
The EMD has been issued for the service in Segment 5, while in Element 11, the EMD has been issued for the SSR Elements 7 and 8. Let's take a closer look at how things work in the Innovation Centre. This is Ben. Ben and his project team have just moved into the Innovation Centre. In the morning, Ben and his team conduct a workshop. The project area can be rearranged according to the project team's specific requirements, enabling quick, effective and uncomplicated teamwork. Australia's largest city, Sydney, with arguably the most stunning harbour in the world, with the Sydney Harbour Bridge and the iconic sails of the Sydney Opera House. On a beautifully clear day, that scene will literally take your breath away. Hi, I'm Jen. In my first year of voiceover, I got over 30 jobs and I give Julie a huge amount of credit for that. Julie's way of teaching is very methodical and nurturing. Rather than just hearing a read, then lumping me with a whole lot of different feedback, Julie honed in on one skill at a time. Um, this made it easier for me to remember what I was learning and build it into my voiceover toolbox. Other voiceover coaches may point you to their own success in the business as a reason that you should um, learn from them. And I'm not saying that Julie doesn't have this, she does. But success as a voice talent doesn't necessarily make someone a great teacher. And Julie is a great teacher. She has a gift for teaching. Um, she taught me how to bring emotion and my own personality to a script. And I know that this is what's helped me to stand out um, and win all the auditions that I have. So if you're thinking about voiceover coaching, you can't go wrong with Julie. Julie isn't just a teacher who teaches during your time together. She's a coach who guides you through every step of your career according to your specific needs. You can find out more about Julie Williams Coaching at juliewilliamscoaches.com or by emailing her directly at julie at juliewilliamscoaches.com. And now a few final words from Julie and her guest. We're talking to Liz Atherton of the Atherton Group Talent Agency, also known as TAG. Getting back to slating, Liz, it, we're told that we have seven seconds to capture their attention. Now, if we're slating, that takes four to five seconds of it. Does that minimize our chances of them listening to our audition? I mean, it's just common sense. Again, I go back to why I'm not a big fan of slate. Imagine if you have a slate out there, it's your normal voice. It's not the voice that you've prepared for this audition, or it's not the, the, the read that you have in mind. It's your normal, hey, my name is Liz. Yeah, you've wasted, not necessarily wasted, but that person can say, hey, my name is up, done next. Remember, they've got 100 or 200 of your files, not your files, files in general to audition with. Yeah. They're done. Okay, so imagine you're that producer again, but remember that producer is just a human being like you. And doing voiceover, you have listened to your fair share of, of, of files. What you wanna hear on the other end is something that's ready to go. If you're gonna have to spend a lot of time just telling who you are in that, I just, again, I think that's a waste of your valuable voice, unless they've requested it. I'm, again, I'm giving away my trade secrets here, but jump in. Just jump in. And if you have two really distinctive files, three uh, reads, three really distinctive reads, jump in two or three times. I have people that are some of my big bookers that still put them all in one file. That's awesome. And when they do, they start at the beginning and they say, hey, my name is, is Liz Atherton, three takes. So the person knows they've got three takes coming. And again, the people that, that I rep that typically do that are the consummate professional. They've done this a long time. And their three takes are three distinctive reads. You know, I had a Los Angeles agent that said to slate at the end 
so that it didn't take up their time. But you know what my feeling about slating is? I mean, I always did that because that's what she wanted. But my feeling about slating is number one, the seven second rule. And secondly, they don't care who I am unless they want to book me. Exactly. I guess I'm not the only one that tells their talent to slate at the end. Darn, yeah. I thought I was on top of things there. No, I, my, my counsel with my actors on every single audition is to slate at the end if they feel they must slate. Are you, as far as uh, people who want representation, you're probably going to get inundated after this podcast. We've had uh, 25,000 plus listens so far. Thousands will be listening to this. Are you always accepting submissions in case you get a great talent you don't know about, uh, mostly by referral, I know, or do you accept talents only at specific times when you're short or you need a specific type? No, my door is always open, always. I mean, a talent agency is as good as their fresh talent. And as their experience talent, I mean, today, for example, and I'm getting off track a little, but it was kind of really very, very cool. So I was going through uh, the mail this morning and making deposits and writing checks. And I got to write three checks to people that I've never written checks to before. So that's their first time to book with TAG. Boom, way exciting. Two of them have been with me for several years. They have been submitting like a rock star for several years and they hit. You never know. You just never know what that person on the other end of that file is going to resonate with. You just don't. And so the same thing with new talent. So, you know, one of my guys that I wrote a check to, literally, he has been with me at least 10 years. 10 years. And now I rep him on camera as well. But, you know, I could almost say the same argument with him. Um, Because the right project is going to come along. But this actor does not get daunted. He still submits. He still has this just delightful attitude. And he still goes. You're not like a lot of uh, big talent agencies where you'll drop the talent if they don't book within a certain time frame. No. If I love you, I love you. Now, (laughs) there are times we part ways. And, you know, life goes on for both of us. People have legitimate reasons. I have legitimate reasons. But no, if you don't book with me, again, that's just because your niche hasn't had its time to shine. When you hear a great talent, how much does the fact that maybe you have two or three other talents, five other talents that sound just like him or her, play into your decision whether or not to represent them? Well, I I doubt I have anybody that sounds exactly like somebody else. I do have some that sound close. Um, And that's usually with the announcery voice that, hello, I can sell this movie for you. You know, oftentimes people jump into what they believe is the selling voice for that kind of project. I listen, and if it's something I wouldn't mind listening to again and again, even if I have two or three people that I don't mind listening to again and again, you just never know when it's going to be right on the other end. And, you know, I know voiceover is incredibly competitive. Matter of fact, I consider it the most competitive of all genres. In these days, anybody can, you know, yank out a a beautiful closet and a nice microphone and sound pretty awesome. But you just never know what that producer is going to hear. My roster isn't really huge. Uh, it, It looks huge, but I have probably anywhere from 30 to 60 people actually fit a particular spec. And that would be men and women on any given audition that I send out. And on those 30 to 60, I may have 10 to 20 that actually submit. 
I think submitting 10 to 20 reads for a particular role is not egregious. I think it's appropriate. Unless, of course, they've asked me to only submit five or 10 and then it becomes hard. So in terms of my agency, we're always looking for, for a new voice. I mean, some people get, you know, they've been trying to do that voiceover for years and years and they've never booked it. We loved what we heard when we signed them. We've continued to have a relationship with them, but they've then decided this isn't what they want to do. And boom, I have a slot open. How well do you get to know each talent, given the fact that you do have a roster? Um, I know some of them really well, and then some of them not so well. We have three agents in my office that work with voiceover. So somebody else might know somebody a lot better than I will know them. But, you know, we, we kind of try to be human with our, with our VO. We send fun auditions. We, you know, we make our auditions that go out something fun to read. I know along the way we've kind of angered some people. They say, well, you know, that's, that's silly or that's whatever. So be it. That's what you get when you get tag. You know, we're human. Uh, when we have things that go on with the office that are, that are personal, if it's something that's going to affect our work, we let our people know. I mean, I'm a human being. You are a human being. That VO sitting in Iceland is a human being. That VO sitting in Santa Barbara is a human being. Yes, we're talking in our world through a microphone, or right now you and I are talking through you know, computers or whatever the case may be. The person on the other end is still a human being, and we want you to feel valued. We try to get to Los Angeles a couple of times a year, uh, and we we're actually we're starting to plan our Christmas event as we speak now here in Austin, so that we can you know continue to put a face with a name. But I, I can't tell you honestly that I know every time somebody's I don't know got a headache, but I can tell you that I know them by name. Um, we talk on occasion, especially when there's a booking. We're their biggest cheerleader, and we really are their biggest cheerleader. This is not just a facade we put on. And we just try our best to give a human element to the thing called agenting. When is the Christmas event? We haven't picked our date yet. Last year we had an ugly sweater party and I literally was texting with my guys right before uh, you and I started our conversation. My guys being the agents saying, what day are we going to pick? Let's do this. I wasn't sure we were going to be able to because we've had some things going on at the office, personal things where people have been out for a little bit. But we were picking a day to have our second annual ugly sweater party. And it's fun. You know, people come. We, we usually have it at a local, you know, watering hole. And we all bring our, wear our ugly sweaters. And we just chat. We kind of have a rule that we're not going to chat about work. You know, I don't need to hear about your, I mean, I know about your career. But we're here just to be, hey, how are you? What's going on? We had a similar event in L.A. Gosh, this was crazy. In July, uh, the whole team and I uh, went out to L.A. And we had this event. And we got to the uh the place where we had arranged it weeks ahead of time and we had a snafu and they didn't have a place for us. And here we had a hundred people in line plus and nowhere to go. And we found another watering hole that was so much fun that we all just kind of had a walk to that was about six blocks away. And uh, we marched ourselves over there and the party went on. But you know, we still, all of us can reflect back to that party. And it was just, it was, it was just a good idea. So how do you like to be approached by talent seeking representation? You said you like them to be referred. But I do take cold calls and so, or cold submissions. If you go to our website, tagtalent.com, on there is a button that says connect. And on there, there are instructions. But in general, if you're wanting to be represented for voiceover, I need you to send me your resume. I want to see what you've done. I want to make sure that you have experience. I'm really not looking for people that have not been hired as a VO. 
It's not that they won't come along the, the way. They will, and we'll, we'll give them that shot. But our roster is so experienced right now, I think you would just get lost among the mayhem. Yeah. Um, but we want them to send us their resume and their demos. I want to listen or link to their website where I can go listen to their demos. Clearly, I want to hear who it is. And then if we have an interest, then we'll give you a buzz. We'll kind of have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with you and see how we like you. And again, we do, at that point, we then kick into sending them copy for them to read and us to see if we really like you. And then we, we move forward. Do you ever represent somebody who doesn't have a professionally produced demo? Either they have a schlock demo they did at home or, or maybe they don't even have a voiceover demo? Yeah. I, I don't think so. I mean, I can certainly be wrong, but what's the point? If you don't have a demo, then you're, I don't think you're ready. Yeah. Whether it's professionally produced by you or with a really great team behind you, whatever I'm listening to is going to help me make that decision whether or not I'm going to rep you. So if it sounds like minutia, then it probably won't get a call from us. Right. Is there anything that you'd like to add? I don't know of anything other than just to keep in mind, again, we're all humans on the other end of the world or the other end of the mic or the other end of the computer. In this day and age, we all talk that way or we text that way have you noticed i mean i have grown children and even when life's big hurdles are hurtling at us we communicate through text how crazy is that oh yeah i love text it's better than <laughs> any other way to communicate all right you get straight to the point but remember so if that's the case and i want to put my best foot forward my best foot is going to be that audio file. Make sure it's a good audio file, but make sure you can put your voice where your audio file is and don't just put something out there that you can't reproduce easily always. Yeah. Oh, and I do, I just one last little thing that I, I want to just talk about because I think people have a real desire to be in animation and I will get auditions or submissions from people who want to do that little girl voice. And they'll they'll come in and they'll they'll or they'll send a fight where they're doing this. Hello, my name is Susan Q. I guess <laughs> that insert expletive drives me bananas. There are talent out there that naturally have that lovely child voice. Yeah, that Lisa Biggs is one of them. Hey, she's awesome. She's incredible. She is. And it's a beautiful voice and beautiful to listen to and beautiful. I mean, it's just so natural and well done. And then you have people like me who don't, but yet think I should. I mean, at one time we did this thing where we did a demo on a stick. I had this amazing sound engineer that works with us and we brought people in and we would help them get a quick and down and easy, dirty demo, but he's a sound man. So we would go through it and I had these two women come in and one of them had this beautiful sultry voice and the other one had a Lisa Biggs ish, certainly not Lisa on any man, but a, a very light flavored voice. And the light flavored voice was trying to do something sultry. So it sounded something like this. And then the person that had this sultry voice was trying to do an animated character. And I asked them both, I said, why? Why are you doing this? Because it just, you're, you're trying to compete in a field that there are people that have the voice already. Mm -hmm. And it made these, both these women stop and think. And it was a, such a, a stop of the waste of the effort you know, unless you have it and it comes naturally, and even if it's something that's not a natural voice to you, don't try to do it. Really home in on the voice that's you. Start there. Get that Liz voice. Get that Julie voice. Get it good. 
get it really, really good, get it booked good, then start expanding your, your horizons. And maybe you've got that Julie two voice or Liz two voice or whatever it is, but get those voices so you can refer to them and they become part of your voice personality bank. So they're, they're strong and recallable, but after you get your original voice down pat. We've been talking to Liz Atherton of Tag Talent. Thank you, Liz, so much for joining us. My pleasure. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you again next week. We're glad you were able to join us today. Feel free to email Julie with any questions at julie at juliewilliamscoaches.com. We'd like to thank our editor, Morning Joy Lynn, who can be reached at morningjoy at voeditor.com. And of course, thank you for listening. Till next time, I'm Paul O'Connor, along with Julie Williams, wishing you prosperity in all you do. 